0: So I'm here to drop some things of eternal value into your spirit today. I'm not here because I don't have anything else to do or that I haven't had a full day. I love Pastor Rowe. I love Kuhau. I believe that Staten Island needs this church. I said Staten Island needs this church, a church like Kuhau and what you bring to the table. And so I want to speak to you on the subject today of kingdom builders. Everybody say kingdom builders. I believe there's two kind of people in the church There's really people that are always on the receiving end, but I also believe there are other people who are ready to be kingdom builders. Can I get an amen to that? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, yeah. Um, But let's start right here. Have you ever noticed how much exercise and extra fries sound the same? Anybody ever notice how much exercise and extra fries sound the same? Yeah, 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 well... (laughs) Lisa's clapping, she's looking for something at McDonald's as soon as we get out of here Same thing happens when we read the Bible We all read the same book, but we come away it, it may sound the same, but we come away with a lot of different ideas of what it's all about You can think the Bible is about church life Walk with me, we're going somewhere today You may clap, you may cry, I don't know But I refuse to come here and just give you some hyped up sermon That just makes you feel good Then when you go home, you forgot everything I said I'm here today to bring you something of eternal value, something that will change your life. I said something that will change your life. That's not hype. Something that will change your life and will take this church to the whole next level. So we think the Bible's about church life, a rule book, or it's a list of do's and don'ts. But when I read the Bible, I come away with one thing, and that's this. I am on mission. I said I'm on a mission. And if you would read this book again with fresh eyes, you would figure out that you'd see the same thing. We're on a mission. And from Genesis to Revelation, how many know God is on a mission? He's on a mission to rescue mankind. And the greatest rescue mission that ever took place took place on a cross. I'm going somewhere where God was reconciling the world to himself. Let me give you this scripture. It's one of the great ones in the Bible. Second Corinthians 5.19. God was in Christ. Come on, read it with me. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now then, we are... Everybody know what an ambassador is? An ambassador represents one kingdom to another kingdom. These two verses right there place every Christ follower on mission. Christ reconciled us to himself... Watch this. He gave us now the message or the ministry of reconciliation. Are you with me? So much so that he calls us his ambassadors. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, good afternoon, ambassador. Now turn to the neighbor you just ignored and say, good afternoon, ambassador. (laughs) Amen. Tell him you got a neighbor upgrade today. I can't escape another scripture from 1 Corinthians 3.9. Say it with me. We are laborers together with God. One more time. We are laborers together with God. Watch this now. We have a message. Everybody say, I have a message. Say, I have a ministry. It's reconciliation. I am an ambassador for Jesus. That makes you a kingdom builder. We're laborers together, watch, we're laborers together with God, not apart from God, not above God, not behind God, but with God. Everybody say with God. Yeah. That makes us kingdom builders, and I wonder if you know what that looks like. If we ever lose sight of being kingdom builders, we have lost our way. There's a man in the Old Testament named Nehemiah, he's one of my heroes, and I'd like to share just a few thoughts from his story, so it can be long, boring, no, 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 no. I see him as a kingdom builder. And if you may want to write some of these things down or take out your phone and pull up your note app and jot these things down, I'd like to share a few thoughts with you from Nehemiah's kingdom building story. Are you ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Now here's the, I said the message is the power to change your life has the power to take this church, Kuhau, Christ Uncensored, to a whole new level. You're looking for a building, you need a building. And I believe God, nothing is impossible with God. Can you say amen out loud? So I want you to get ready for God to take you to a whole new level. Here's the setting. The Jews had just recently returned from Babylonian captivity. While they were away, their city suffered an invasion. So now their city is scarred by an enemy invasion. The walls of their city were broken down. The gates were burned with fire. It was a city lying in ruins. And God touched a man named Nehemiah... To do something about the devastation. Here's what he did. He gathered the materials necessary for the project. He assembled a labor force. Put a strategy together. And they began to build. And what looked like Project Impossible was completed in the remarkably short time of 52 days. Don't tell me what God can't do. Amen to that. During the time of building, Nehemiah and the people working with him got frustrated. They got discouraged. Watch this now. They faced fierce opposition. Hey, whenever you set out to do something for God, don't think the devil's just going to sit down and say, I hope he changes the world. When you set out to do something for God, you'll face fierce opposition. They did. Threats on their lives. Criticism. They became weary. At times, afraid. Other times, totally discouraged and wanted to quit. Yet in every situation, there was this invincible determination to complete what God had started. And I discovered some unique qualities in Nehemiah that made him an effective kingdom builder. The same qualities are necessary today. Now, we can come to church with a consumer mentality bless me, feed me, fix me, heal me, or we can say, equip me, train me, send me. And, and too much of the American church has fallen into a consumer mindset I wanna to go to church, like when you go to the mall. I'm gonna to go to the mall, get my jeans. My jacket, I should have, I I tried to, I thought about wearing some cool clothes, but I can't keep up with Ro. And whenever I come here, I'm tempted to, let me see what I got cool in my closet. and I just can't compete, so I just put on my grandpa's sport coat today. Much of the American church is, is consumer mentality. Like you go to the mall, you get your clothes, you go home. Go to the church, get your blessing, and go back home. Nehemiah wasn't that kind of guy. He was a kingdom builder, and there were some qualities in his life that made him a kingdom builder. You may want to write these down. First, let me take you to the scripture. Now, Nehemiah had gotten a report. Some people had seen the devastation, and they've seen the ruins that they came to him. Here's the report they gave him in chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. They said to me, those who survived the exile or back in the province are great, in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Watch this. When I heard these things, he said, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. News of the enemy's invasion and the devastation around him moved Nehemiah to weep, to fast, and to pray. What does that tell me? Let me give you my first thought. Kingdom builders are burdened with the brokenness around them. Kingdom builders are burdened with the brokenness around them. A burden, you don't really hear that much anymore. It's not a word that's used, but a burden means you're carrying a weight. And the burden that he carried and the burden that we need to carry is a spiritual weight. It's something that when you see the devastation around you, it makes your heart break and your soul ache. Yes, nothing great for God ever gets done without first somebody has a burden. And doing ministry... Without a burden for broken people can become mechanical, laborious, and ministry will wear you out. But when you have a burden for broken people, for the addicted, and those who are homeless, and those who are in generational poverty, and those who are lost without God, when you have a burden for those people, then you can take the criticism, you can take the hits, you can take the frustration, times of discouragement, because you know you're on a mission, Nehemiah was burdened down with broken walls. And I wonder if we have a burden for broken lives. There's no shortage of people around us whose lives are shattered and in ruins. Hurting people are everywhere. In 2022, 50,000 Americans died by suicide. Our cities are filled with violence. 50 years ago, the two biggest problems in our schools were running in the hall and chewing gum. Today, it's kids going with knives and guns. Racism hasn't died. And teenage girls are cutting themselves because of the pain they're living with, thinking that maybe the physical pain will eclipse the emotional pain. Pornography is a plague in the land. And 50% of men in the church have a problem with it. There is generational poverty. There is homelessness. There's abortion. There's transgenderism. Same-sex marriage, and we're living in a world that is lost and living in spiritual darkness. And I wonder if any of the brokenness around us ever makes us weep, ever makes us fast, ever makes us pray, or do we just cozy up in our comfortable Christian corner and wait for Jesus to come? What's my point? If there was ever a time to build, it's now. I said if there was ever a time to build, it's now. The church does not diminish in dark seasons. It flourishes Remember the words of Jesus? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Whatever heaven starts, hell cannot stop. And when Jesus, remember when Jesus rode into Jerusalem? I know this is not the kind of sermon I'm going to make you jump up and shout, but but I didn't come here. I, I didn't come here to pet you, come to provoke you. So what, what'll take who? How to the whole next level? Well, what, what will make a church grow? A people that have such a burden for broken people's lives, knowing that Jesus on the cross, was and is the answer today, that will make you bring people, invite people, it will make everybody want to invite, everybody want to serve, everybody want to give. Why? Because the kingdom of God is worth it. Are, Are we together? When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, do you remember, he wept over the city because they were like sheep having no shepherd. And my prayer is that whatever consumes the heart of Jesus would consume our heart. The worst thing that can happen to a church is to turn inward and become me-centric. that's where much of the American church is today. I want my blessing. I want my miracle. They missed. (laughs) I want my blessing. I want my miracle. I want my healing. I want my breakthrough. And then we leave church and complain because we didn't like the worship. That's okay. They weren't worshiping you. And we leave church because it didn't deliver. The mall didn't deliver. The church didn't deliver what we wanted. And so we complained because we didn't like the worship. The preacher went too long. Or we complained about somebody's kid was distracting. Kind of reminds me of the guy that went to the monastery. Let me lighten it up for a minute. The man who went to the monastery. He wanted to be a monk. So he goes to be a monk in the monastery. And he could only speak every seven years. And when you did speak, you could only speak two words. After seven years, he said, food bad. Seven years later, he said, Bed hard. Seven years later, he said, I quit. And the abbot, who's the head of the monastery, says, well, I'm not surprised. All you've done since you've been here is complain. <laughs> and I find that while we're at the complaint counter, somebody in the shadow of the steeple is struggling for a reason to live. While we're complaining because we didn't like the songs or the preacher went too long or while we're complaining about something at the church Somebody in the shadow of the steeple is struggling for a reason to live. And if you don't have a burden for lost people, I'd like to suggest that you get up close to Jesus. You know what, now, you know, Lisa, just lean over there and just, now, put your head on his chest there. You can't, whoa, 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 you see, you you can't feel his heart from where you were, but now you can. See, she, where she was sitting, she was kind of close, but... A lot of us are really at a distance. A lot of us are at a distance. But but can you feel his heart now? And if you don't have a burden for lost and broken people, and if all you care about is your spiritual condition, I suggest that you get up close to Jesus and feel his heart. And love who Jesus loves. You can't feel his heart at a distance. By the way, Too many Christians are following Jesus at a distance. Do you remember? There's a verse in the Bible. I don't know if you've read it, but when it's talking about Jesus being on trial, um, it said Peter followed Jesus at a distance. You remember when, remember then, it wasn't long before he denied, remember he denied Jesus three times. I don't have to tell you the story. He denied Jesus three times. See, he got in trouble because he was following at a distance. And too much of the church is following at a distance, and we come to church. Do you know the average uh, American considers uh, average church attendance between one and two times a month. Between one and two times a month—that's regular church attendance for the average American today. Now, when I was a kid, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and every week of the year. That's how I got so holy. <laughs> I'm just, just uh, J.S. Just say it. Just say it. But. <laughs> But too many, even in the church, are following at a distance, and that when te- that's when temptation creeps in, and that's when we get off track, and then that's when we lose the heart of God, and we lose the heartbeat of God, and the heart of God, and we're just worried about Christian survival at our own stead. Christian builders. If anybody want to be a kingdom builder? Say amen. Yeah. Then, 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 then I, I hope that becomes more than a cheer, but because a real kingdom builder is going to be burdened with the brokenness around them. By the way, Nehemiah didn't just jump right into building. He wept. When he heard about the walls of the city broken down, the gates burned with fire, and the whole city that he loved, the worship temple in ruins, he wept, and he prayed, and he fasted. But we're, we're not dealing with broken down walls. We are surrounded with broken down lives. And he was a kingdom builder. And he wept and he prayed and he fasted over what? Brick and mortar? And yet every human being made in the image of God is more important than any gate or any wall Nehemiah built. Did you hear what I said? Any human being made in the image of God is way more important than the gates and the walls of, of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah wept over gates and walls. And I wonder if we ever weep and fast and pray Over the brokenness around us. Kingdom builders are burdened with the brokenness around them. Number two, my second thought. Kingdom builders are people of vision. A burden, listen, a burden will always birth a vision. You cannot have a burden that wrecks you. Anybody ever been wrecked by God? When your soul's aching and your heart's breaking for something, I promise you, it will birth a vision. I remember when my daughter was suffering with heroin addiction um, by the way, 10 years ago, I never would have told you that. I always wanted to present the perfect image of a perfect pastor, perfect father, perfect husband. And if I, I always felt if I ever told people my daughter was a heroin addict, they'd probably think, well, what, well, how can he help my kid? He can't even help his own. And so I always, when people ask how my family was, I say, great! You know more lies are told in church than anywhere else in the world. How are you? Great, good, blessed, and highly favored. <laughs> Meanwhile... Meanwhile, you've hit the wall, and you look like Humpty Dumpty, and uh, you're in all these pieces, but you, you're so worried about your image, oh, help me, Jesus, um, that we don't want to tell anybody. But I found out if you share a joy, it's doubled. If you share a trial, it's cut in half. Amen. And so my, my daughter suffered heroin addiction, and uh, she had had a son, and she was in a, the Hovey Home, which is a place for a faith-based, where, a place where women could go and, uh, and get well. She had a son, and so my wife would take her son up to, to meet her at the Hoving home every Tuesday. So while my daughter played with her little boy, my wife would talk with the other women and uh, found, find out, like, you know, what are your plans when you get out? Do you know what most of them said? Most of them said they didn't have anywhere to go. Because if you never lived with a heroin addict, well, if you do, you'll never want to live with another one. So we've had knives pulled on us. My wife did. Hit. Bad checks written, money stolen, hell on earth. And just because somebody goes to a program, parents aren't always ready or spouses aren't always ready to say, okay, come home. And many women had nowhere to go. So so that became a burden on my wife's heart. Are you with me? A burden for women who had nowhere to go. And so God gave her a dream and a vision for a home, a transition home. So when women come out of a teen challenge or a faith-based program, they have a transition home. And maybe they're not ready to go back to the same people, places, and things where where they think they can do the same amount of dope they always did and then die of overdose. So, So she created a home called the Jubilee House. Remember the year of Jubilee? It means new beginnings. And five years ago, five years ago, When we moved to to New Jersey, there was a home on 40 acres, a five-bedroom brick ranch, and we established a Jubilee House. So women now leave a faith-based program and, and come there where they can get a job, come to church, go to Overcomers, and get their life back together. So what am I saying? It was a burden that birthed the vision. People think vision comes first. No. If you've got vision without a burden, you just got an agenda. I said, if you got a vision to do big things for God and you don't have a burden, sit down, bro. Find the altar somewhere and ask God to wreck you for broken lives. Then tell me what God wants to do through you. Amen. Vision doesn't come first. Burdens do. And burden, a burden will birth a vision. Are we together? Nehemiah said in the second chapter, verse 17. Remember, my thought here is kingdom builders are people of vision. He said, then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in? He's talking to the people. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall. We'll no longer be in disgrace. See, watch, watch, watch. Somebody trying to call me? No, I don't need to hear from you. It thinks I'm having a heart attack. Here's my, here's, here's, here's my responses. I fell, but I'm okay. I did not fall. I did not fall. I'm trying to help fallen people. Don't you love technology? He says, come, let us rebuild this thing. Jerusalem was nothing more than a pile of rubble. But he had a vision to see it built. I said, Jerusalem was a pile of rubble, but he had a vision. He could see it. He could see it. He could see what other people couldn't see. He could see the walls built, the gates hung, everything restored. And guess what? It lit a fire in him. Kingdom builders are people of vision. Amen to that. Because they can see something greater than what is. I wonder how many here, and I know Pastor Roe and Pastor Lisa can. I wonder how many people in here can see something bigger, something greater. Amen. Amen. Somewhere somewhere and, and thank God for where you are, but just kind of tucked back, but, but somewhere visible. this is such a powerful church with a powerful ministry, I believe I, I really believe that, that it could explode on Staten Island. Amen. Amen, Amen. Amen. Kingdom builders are people of vision. They don't get comfortable. Oh, I remember the good old days, not interested. Remember where we used to be? <laughs> Memories don't build the kingdom. Vision does. And a church will never have a future unless its vision is greater than its memories. Someone asked Helen Keller if she thought there was anything worse than being blind. She said yes, having no vision. Vision, what is it? It's a picture of the future that produces a passion in us today. Can I say that again? Vision is a picture of the future that produces a passion in us today. Vision will cause you to move in faith. Vision will cause you to pray some big prayers, not just comfortable prayers. What might that look like? What might vision cause us to build? I think we need to build bridges, not barriers for the next generation. We need to build, hang on to this one, longer tables to include people who are different than us. Because when Jesus sat with sinners, tax collectors, and prostitutes, the religious people lost their... Fr- I almost said friggin'. <laughs> the religious people lost their collective minds. <laughs> Could I remind you that God's love includes everyone and excludes no one? And, and yes, that includes the poor, the hungry, the sick, the homeless. Let me get you outside your comfort zone. The gender-confused Something, or the gay person. See how quiet I got? When Jesus sat with tax collectors who were considered scum, because tax collectors, you know how they made their money. If you owed Rome $100, they'd scam you out of $200, keep $100 for themselves. They were hated. Tax collectors, the Jewish people that were tax collectors had really betrayed their people being in bed with Rome. They were hated among the Jews prostitutes, women that were just whorish. Got your attention? And Jesus had dinner with them. He didn't ever condone their sin, but he sat with them and told them about the hope of the world, the light of the world. And maybe we need to build some longer tables that include the marginalized and the oppressed and the vulnerable and those the church has kicked to the curb what do we have a vision for building bridges not barriers building longer tables maybe building new strategies there are ways of doing church bro we haven't even thought of yet i love us reading the other day in scriptures and jesus got in a boat because the synagogue was closed can you imagine doing church outside of the building so, so the synagogue was closed. So he gets in a boat. He sat. The people stood. We should try that. You bring me a chair. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus sits, and the audience stands. What an innovator. One thing I love about God, there's always a next. I said, there's always a next. And there's a next for Christ Uncensored. There's a next for Christ Uncensored. I do know this. I, I do know this. Pastor Rowe and I were talking r- earlier. Um. That, that, you know, some people are, some pastors just happy with 50 people or 100 people and just, and that's okay. Some people are called to maintain, others are called to build. He's a builder. Amen. Thank God you have a pastor who's not a maintenance man, but a builder. And that takes vision. But let me say this as much as you need a building, don't ever make it all about a building. Right now, we have to be, we, we, we are in a, our beautiful sanctuary just burned to the ground. And rather than look at architectural plans first, I'm defining and crafting what our vision is first. You got plans yet, Russ? Nope. Pick the builder yet? Nope. I'm meeting with our church board tomorrow night, and we've already begun to talk about. What's the vision? What's the vision? Because form follows function. Form follows function. What's the vision? Then build around the vision. Just, so my point is, as much as you need a building, don't ever make it all about the building. Make it about the people who will fill the building. You take care of God's business, he'll take care of yours. Amen. Amen. Let me give you my third thought. First, kingdom builders are burdened with the brokenness around them. If you understand that and you grasp it, say amen out loud. Number two, kingdom builders are people of vision. And number three, kingdom builders are moved to action. I saw something that I really never saw before as many times as I've read this. Nehemiah said, I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. This is verse 18, chapter 2. Listen very close. Don't miss this. And He's talking to the people and also the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, everybody said, they said. Is it up there? What did they say? This is not a trick question. What did they say? But did you notice? Did you notice a few verses ago? Nehemiah said what? He said, come, let us build the wall. Now the people are saying, let us rise up and build. Oh, let me tell you, there's the sweet spot, pastor. There's the sweet spot when the people and the pastor are flowing together. Wow. So they were moved to action. They were moved. I love it. Pastors not trying to beg people into a vision. Nehemiah and the people were together. I'll tell you what, you got a people moving together. There's no telling what God can do. You know the power of unity. If one horse can pull 700 pounds, how many can two horses pull? That's it. I'm asking you. If one horse can pull 700 pounds, yeah, it's not a true question either. If one horse can pull 700 pounds, how many pounds can two horses pull? No, 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 almost 3,000. There's power in unity. There's power in unity. Kingdom builders are moved to action. Chapter four, verse six. They said, that "It says the people that we built the wall for. The people who had a mind to work." Hey Ray, I brought some blocks. Would you bring them up here for me? Anybody ever play blocks when you were a kid? Good. I want to play. Let's play blocks. Thank you, bro. You can just kind of sit right here, okay? Pastor Rolando, this is you. Have you ever noticed when you played blocks as a kid, if you just had one block here, Step on that, who knows? You just have one block. You can only build so high before what starts happening? If you only have one block, you will only ever build so much. The tower begins to tip, and the building stalls out. Come on back, bro. Okay, Pastor, you're that single block. No matter how good you are, no matter how good looking you are. <laughs> if I had his good looks with his looks and my personality, I'd be famous. <laughs> JS, just say <saying>. it. <laughs> Young? Cool? You got a cool factor going on. And you don't even have to try. <laughs> All kidding aside, a great preacher. A great visionary. Somebody who believes in the call of God on his life. Or you wouldn't be here 10 years. He's had a hundred reasons to quit and so have I. Amen. But no matter how gifted he is, talented he is, he's only one block. And Kuhau will ever only grow so much depending on his gifts and his charisma. I wonder... If, if, if the base is one block can only go so high, I wonder, now these blocks are you. Turn to your neighbor and say you're a block. You're a block. Turn to your other neighbor and say you're a blockhead. No, don't say that. <laughs> watch, watch. Watch. Now the base is bigger. This is you. 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 These are every, for Nehemiah, they all came together. Now, let me ask you a question. How big can the tower go now? Amen. How high can the tower be built now? On one block, no matter how strong the block is it will cap. For Nehemiah, nobody was uninterested. Nobody was uninvolved. What would happen if everyone invited someone? What would happen if everybody served? What would happen if everybody gave? What would happen if every person affiliated with Kuhau came along past the row and says, here's what I'm going to give you for your birthday. It's not going to be $100 because he'd just go buy more beanies And then it won't be long and he'll be out of style. And, uh, or you can give him a, a gift card to TGI Fridays, but then he'll go and eat the boneless wings and it'll be gone. The best gift you could give him today is say, bro, I'm coming alongside. 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 Amen. Go ahead. Come on. Give it, give up for your pastor. Go ahead. Help me take this down. Is it possible every member could be a minister? I'm not talking about paid clergy. Every member, a minister. Every believer, a builder. Who do you think the hero of this story is, by the way? I always thought Nehemiah was. I think the people are the heroes. Because I don't care how much a vision he had or how strong he was. He could have never built that wall by himself. And none of these people are even named in the Bible. But they shared his burden. They embraced his vision. They worked together. And they didn't quit until the work was done. I think the people are the heroes. You can download a lot of things, but you can't download commitment. You got to live it. If Jesus is who he said he was... The Christ, the Son of the Living God, the first, the last, the Alpha, Omega, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Savior of the world, the Light of the world, the Healer of the broken, the Lover of my soul. If He really is who He said He was, He deserves my whole heart, my whole life, my soul. He deserves everything. I cannot recall a season in my pastoral ministry that now spans 37 years. Uh, where I have felt this level of urgency to call people to radically follow Jesus than I do right now. Let me give you my final thought. Kingdom builders, if you're really really gonna be, this is Builders Vision Sunday, Vision Builders Sunday. If you're really gonna be kingdom builders, it can't just be a cliche, then you're gonna be burdened with the brokenness around you. And again, if you don't have that, I get it. Just get up close to the heart of Jesus and you'll feel what he feels and you'll love who he loves. Kingdom builders are burdened with the brokenness around them. Kingdom builders are people of vision. And number three, people, kingdom builders, are moved to action. I did say that, right? They're moved to action and come around the pastor and share his vision. Let me give you the final thought. Kingdom builders are determined to finish. I said kingdom builders are determined to finish the work. Whenever you set out to do something for God, like I said earlier, the devil's never just gonna sit back in his easy chair and say, go change the world. You can expect opposition. And there were some enemies that sent Nehemiah a message. Watch this. Here's what the message was. Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. And he said, oh no. (laughs) You've heard that before. You're just laughing to be nice, right? Yeah, every preacher has ever preached from this that said that. You liked it over there didn't you? <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, get a close-up of her. Come, let us meet together in the villages of the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm, he says. So I sent messengers back to them saying, watch. I am doing a great work. So I cannot come down to you. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? And they sent me this message four times. If you think the devil will stop with one season of discouragement, one season of frustration, you better think again. They kept coming at him at 100 miles an hour. The enemy was relentless. They sent me this message four times. And I answered them in the same manner. What was it? I'm doing a great work. And I cannot come down. Why should the work cease when I come down to you? This wasn't about having a meeting, wasn't about coffee at Starbucks, wasn't about a friendship, it was a setup. I said it was a satanic setup to bring the work of God to stop. And I'm here today to tell you, when you decide to be a kingdom builder, the devil will give you a thousand and one reasons to sit back down, call you off the wall, so to speak, Call you away from your purpose, your calling, your God-given assignment. And I'm going to tell you what some of those are. Discouragement will call you down. Anybody ever been discouraged? I've been discouraged. My son who was with me in ministry, he got divorced. He's out of the ministry today. He manages warehouses. When that happened, it discouraged me. When my granddaughter died the day before her eighth birthday, when we prayed that she would live, I was discouraged. When I left Staten Island, and lies were being told about me, I was discouraged. I knew I loved God, I just didn't like church people. Except you, I always loved you. (laughs) Yeah, I've been discouraged. And the devil gave me a lot of reasons to quit. How about criticism? Anybody ever been criticized? Do you know I had a longtime member come in my office a few weeks ago? And you know what he asked me? if I felt I was qualified to do this job. And I was already going through some stuff. And it felt like he kicked me in the gut. Do you think you're qualified to do this job, he says? So after I knocked him out, I... Um, no, 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 no. This little arm can't knock nobody out. <laughs> so if you get ready to do, be a kingdom builder, expect discouragement and expect criticism. Expect to feel overwhelmed. Expect to f- be frustrated. Expect to get fatigued. There's other things that will call you down too. Condemnation over your past sins. Feelings of inadequacy. I'm too young. I'm too old. Hey, if you're not dead, you're not done. And Nehemiah and everybody that worked with him. You musicians can come back. I'm closing. Um, they all got discouraged. Nehemiah got discouraged. They all got overwhelmed, but they never gave up. See, what's my thought again? Uh, kingdom builders are determined to finish the work. You know what the devil's favorite word is? What do you think the devil's favorite word is? Quit. Quit. And I have had, to be honest with you, I've had plenty of times I wanted to to quit. And some of those have been in the last year. I don't have time to get into the discouraging seasons. And I come today to tell you, don't you dare throw in the towel. And if you do, God will just give you another one. (laughs) Every voice, whether inside your head or from outside, at some time or another is going to call you down off the wall like they tried to call Nehemiah off the wall. And there's only one response, Pastor Roe, Pastor Lisa, there's only one response. Kuhao, Christ Uncensored, there's only one response. When discouragement and fatigue and criticism call you down, there's only one response to the devil looking right in the eye and say, I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. And in the work of the kingdom, it's not just a great work, it's the greatest work. Leading souls to Jesus is a great work. Restoring wounded, broken lives is a great work. Serving in the church is a great work. Greeting people at the door is a great work. If you can't smile, don't greet nobody. Because then every visitor that comes in are gonna think, my God, they're all depressed. I think greeting people at the door is one of the greatest ministries in the church. And the opportunity to serve God is the greatest honor of my life. It's the greatest passion of my life. When I get older, that was not <laughs> easy, easy. When I get older, I don't want people to say, what a nice old man. I don't want them to say, what on earth is Russ up to now? For the kingdom. A hundred years from today, a hundred years from today, there will be people in heaven because some kingdom builders at Kuhao. Watch, watch. Because some kingdom builders at Kuhao. Let me start my sentence over again. A hundred years from now, there will be people in heaven. Why? Because some kingdom builders at Kuhau were burdened with the brokenness around them. There will be people in heaven because some kingdom builders at Kuhau were people of vision. A hundred years from now, there will be people in heaven because some kingdom builders at Kuhau were moved to action, to invite, to serve, to give. And a hundred years from now, there will be people in heaven Because some kingdom builders at Kuhau wouldn't quit. And I thank you for having me today. God bless you.